it only lasted two weeks before I went to prison. But it was a time that we we had been apart for eight and a half months. And we just needed that time to reconnect and get ready for what was coming. Because the hardest part was yet to come. I really thought God freed me from it at that time. I thought I was free from that. Um, But God knew that I wasn't. He knew that he was going to need to get that root out of me. Was it substance abuse or was it, um, okay. Yeah, it was substance abuse. It was uh, pills. Um, And as the addiction grew, the need for more medication grew. I mean, gosh, I could have gone to jail, Eric. I mean, at one point right before she quit, I got to where I was taking, she doesn't know this, that I would take medication out of her purse and I would flush it down the toilet. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Perhaps you've heard this quote given at weddings just before the bride and groom kiss and then sprint down the church aisle catapulting them into a supposedly happily ever after scenario. However, when you throw lies, deceit, and betrayal into that scenario, the odds of survival dwindle to almost nothing. Now, what if we add a prison sentence, a drug addiction into that recipe? Most would say this is a recipe for disaster and a complete failure of a marriage. Can God repair this kind of damage? Can two people that are committed to God's best in their life beat the odds? Can God bring healing, forgiveness, and love back into their relationship? These are the topics that I want to discuss today with our returning guests. Hey, if you haven't listened to the first part of their story, please go back and listen to the last episode to hear Jeff and Amy's complete life change story. Previously on episode 32. So I got into that. I kept it quiet. I didn't say anything. You know, you can go in there, you can exchange pictures with people, you can talk with people, and it's just, uh, it'll take you farther than you want to go. I'd say, God, please take this away. Take it away. I don't want to do it anymore. One early January morning, um, I mean, 530, the, the police were banging on my front door. And I look out the window, and there were these police cars there in my yard, and I thought, oh, my gosh, something is really wrong in the neighborhood. What is happening? So I come downstairs, I open the door, and the policeman say, um, is this where um, Jeff lives? And I said, yes, uh, but I, I think you have the wrong Jeff. They said, no, ma'am, we don't. And they gave the address, and they said, we have a search warrant for your home. You know, Pastor Scott, I have a question for you. He said, okay. And I said, do I have biblical grounds for divorce? I want to know if I have biblical grounds for divorce. His answer was, Amy, yes, you do have biblical grounds for divorce. But that is not God's plan. God's plan is forgiveness. I did not want to hear that. (laughs) I did not know how to do that. But I was willing to do what God wanted me to do as I had given him my life, you know, just a few months earlier. And now the rest of Jeff and Amy's story. So Amy, Jeff has been caught in some unhealthy and illegal online relationships. He is headed to jail first and then to prison. This alone would shake the foundations of any marriage. 
Just a few months before this incident, you totally gave your life to Christ. But just because you have given your life to Jesus doesn't mean that you won't have difficulties and burdens. And this was a big one. It leads you down a dark path. Tell us about that. So addiction has has been um, a thing in my family for, you know, generations back. You can trace it. And uh, I had had a problem with addiction earlier on um, in our marriage um, as a nurse, but I kept it hidden. Um, but then it got, it did get revealed. Jeff's, Jeff was there for me. We worked through it. Um, we were in church at that time, and I, I really thought God freed me from it at that time. I thought I was free from that. Um, but God knew that I wasn't. He knew that he was going to need to get that root out of me. So um, being so broken, being so, so um, just, I was full of anxiety. I was full of anxiety. I was full of so many emotions. Um, so I did go to the doctor and uh, said, I, I need some some medicine to help cope here. And so I started taking some medicine at that time. Uh, I did not start abusing it then. Um, I couldn't, uh, especially after Jeff was gone and it was just me. I had to keep things going at home and I had never done that. Jeff had always taken care of everything. So that was a learning curve. Um, but uh, during that time, yes, I took some pills to it, numb. Right. Mm-hmm. Numb the pain. Medi- numb the pain. Medication. Numb right. the pain. Yeah. Um, but I also had a, a very stressful job, a very important job as an oncology nurse. And um, again, just keeping the home together while he was away. And so uh, the addiction was at bay at that time. It did rear its head very ugly later on after Jeff got home. Yeah. So um, feel free to say no to this question, but um, so um, was it substance abuse or was it, um, okay. Yeah, it was substance abuse. It was uh, pills. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you were on medication for, um, you know, you said, hey, I need some some help with this. So Mm -hmm. you said it reared its head again. Was that during the process of him going into, you know, going into trial or was this after he had already been incarcerated or both? Uh, well, it was both. I just had to keep it contained, and I had I could not go overboard. I, I wasn't able to just over medicate and yeah. and lose it. I had to function, um, and so I did use the medicine to to help me along the way uh, while he was gone. But after he got home, um, it was even more hard. I didn't think it would be. Neither one of us did, but we had a lot of obstacles to to go through. And and then, um, you know, when you're in survival mode, because that's what I was in while he was away. I was just in survival mode. Um, Really, it's hard for healing to take place. Now, I want to say here, though, that this is where God began mending our hearts together was during his time is starting in jail because our only communication could be a little 15-minute visit once a week through a window on a phone, through a camera. Um, and then it was writing letters. And so we that's where all of this new kind of communication and sharing our hearts came in. And we did that throughout. And so God was mending our hearts. At, at prison visits, you're, you sit there for four hours. And that's a lot of time to talk. Yeah. Um, but, and you know, when you're going, something, going through something like that, Eric— and it's just you and another person, you know, only you guys really know and you're what it's like. And so you're leaning on each other too. We're, you're leaning on the Lord and you're leaning on each other. And so it brought, it did bring us close. Wow. So Jeff, I want to come over to you now. So let's talk about what was it like first time in, in, in jail 
how, how was it going into jail? I mean, that must have been a terrible experience. Uh, describe that to me um, for someone who's never been in jail before. What was that like? It was definitely an eye-opener. Um, you know, for offenders, you're in different pods than regular inmates. So, and I didn't know, you know, it's all never been to jail before in my life. Walk in, it's it's hard to comprehend, I think, the noise. It never, there's so much noise, so much yelling, so much screaming. It's 24-7. It never stops. You know, it's the yelling and the screaming in jail is worse than prison because it never shuts down. You know, things that we take for granted in the real world about not worrying about somebody doing something to you will definitely come true in, in jail. And I don't know how, I hadn't been there very long and the guy was killed. Um, Did you witness that or was just someone that no, you knew? it was okay. in the next pod to us. Okay. And you could hear them when they broke everything in and everything that was going on because, see, the walls are so thin, and that's another thing. The You have these different pods, and these pods are beating on the wall, hollering and yeah. screaming, and this pod over here doing the same thing. And when I first went in, I slept on the floor for four months because there wasn't a bed. It was so overcrowded. Wow. So you were in the same facility but just different pods? pods Is that yes. how it works? Okay. That's correct. And how long were you in that facility? Eight and a half months. Eight and a half months. That was jail. The prisons were full. Okay. So that's why I stayed in jail for so long. Um, I knew God was speaking to me. I could. The Holy Spirit was really moving, and several things had happened in jail, and it was real intense. And, and I mean, it was. I'd wake up, I'd stay up all night just praying, and uh, pray during the night. And then a pastor friend of mine, Steve, come by, and he said, "Jeff, you need to just shut up and be still." He said, be still. I said, okay. Well, Valentine's Day had always been a very special day for me because I I would go all out on Valentine's Day for Amy. I had our whole marriage. And uh, little did I know that I would be spending Valentine's Day with I uh, get a call over the intercom Sanders, report to the front. So I come to the front of the pod, grab your stuff. And they, they don't tell you anything, escort me to the front, and uh, need to go to this window. And my lawyer's over there, and he said, hey, I'm, uh, you're going to go home. He said, I can't, I can't tell you how long. I don't know, but you're, you're going to go home. Get out here. Go home. Don't talk to anybody. You don't know nothing. Next call you get will be when you go to prison. And so I called Amy, and she couldn't get me. She couldn't get come and get me. I called a, a friend of mine. He said, I'll be right there. And he loaded me up, took me home on Valentine's Day. And it was a time that God needed us. It, it only lasted two weeks before I went to prison. But it was a time that we, we had been apart for eight and a half months. And we just needed that time to reconnect and get ready for what was coming because the hardest part was yet to come. And he gave me two weeks with Amy, and uh, we made the best of it. We drew close to the Lord. I mean, I knew on Monday when I was leaving, you know, my life group class come over, all the guys laid hands on me and prayed. It was 
I knew I wouldn't see him again. Then that Monday, you know, my best friend Joe loads me up, takes me to the jail and drops me off. So how long was Jeff actually in prison? It seems like maybe you were in prison for one and a half years or something like that. So you were actually only incarcerated in prison for about a year and a half, yes. give, or, give or take a few months. So yes. Like, yes. Okay. So a um, year and a half in prison. Can you tell me which prison that you were in? Was it here in Arkansas? Or? It, it was here in Arkansas. He was in Grimes in Newport, Arkansas, and that's about four hours away. Okay. And so, Amy, did you go and visit him while he was in prison during that year and a half time or not? Mm -hmm, I did. And uh, once again, God provided for me. Uh, Little did I know um, a lady from our church knew a lady who was married to someone in prison there at Grimes. And not this wasn't just an ordinary guy. Um, His name was Larry Ashley. And Larry actually started a program called the PALS program in the prison systems, um, which is a faith-based organization. They have their own pod. You're a little more protected. You can talk and learn about Jesus. You can grow your relationship. And so Diane and I and Jeff and Larry all this time, we didn't they didn't know each other yet, but we were praying that Jeff would end up at Grimes and and he did. Oh, and wow. um, and then he ended up with Larry. So the very first time that I went to a prison um, to visit my husband, God gave me someone to go right there before me. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing. So how often did you go visit during that? I mean, you go every month or uh, how long, how often did you go? I went as much as uh, my fatigue level and energy level could afford. I, I think I went once a month um, for sure. Sometimes I would go twice a month, but uh, once a month for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what was it like there at Grimes? Were you also in a pod there or were you actually in a cell with uh, someone else or just how, 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 what was it like in prison? Um. You know, you just have to get with the right folks. Now with my charge, there's, automatic target on my back right and they know what your charge is before you get there prison is um you know i've always told amy that we need to write a book and i think if we ever wrote a book that you know the name of the book would be to hell and back what we see on the news that we think is totally bizarre and insane is what goes on prison day in and day out Every single day. God showed me uh, in prison. He humbled me, but also he was preparing me for what I was going to have to deal with out of prison. And a lot of that was going to be forgiveness. A lot of that was going to have to be loving my wife like I've never loved her. Loved her. Love her for who she is, not what I want her to be. Uh, but what it done, it, it drew me and Amy so close. Even in prison, we started doing Bible studies together. And so she would send me the book. We would pray about it and pray about it until we come up with a book. And so we would read the same chapter, and then I'd call her, and we would discuss uh, the chapter. And, you know, what do you think God's saying to us? What is he saying to you? And we would pray, and we're writing letters to each other, just pouring our hearts out. I mean, it's great. Um, Doing Bible studies together. So, you know, it's a long-growing process, and that was just the start of the process. 
So let me switch over to Amy. Amy, uh, what was the most difficult t- thing for you during that year and a half time period before he came back? What was the things that you were struggling with? Now, you had mentioned earlier, you know, the addiction rearing its head again. Was that something that happened while he was in prison as well? And if it did, I mean, were you you were using it, I guess, as a medication? It, became, it was part of addiction. Was that a secret that you were keeping? Or was there someone that you... Uh, were, you know, telling that, uh, telling that to? No, it was a secret that I was keeping. I mean, I, I, I think that Jeff had an idea. Um, he probably did uh, just because of my past uh, before that, depending on medication instead of letting God do it all. But um, so, yeah, I was, I was taking uh, medicine uh, in the evenings at home Um I would take it uh, before I would go into a prison visit because, you know, going into the prison was just something that I don't ever want to have to do again. Just the the loud doors clanging behind you when you go in. I mean, that kind of is like you see on TV. Um, um, I mean, here I am. I'm thinking, okay, I'm the the wife. You know, I'm not the prisoner, (laughs) but they don't. They don't care. They're it, the 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 guards are just unfortunately they're just cold to to their job. They see a lot of stuff, I'm sure. But so it was hard for me even to to go visit Jeff. It just it was traumatic. The whole thing was traumatic, and so um, so I was yeah I was medicating um, to numb because even though we were writing letters and things and we were connecting um, underneath all of that was still the hurt and the betrayal and the just raw wounds and those were not those were not getting to heal yet because I was numbing so at what point did you get into recovery because you've told me that before Mm -hmm. so did that happen while he was in jail or did that happen when he came out well that happened when he came out but it did not happen um on my own because um I mean, like Jeff was in his addiction, in my addiction, I hated it. I didn't like it. I wanted to stop, but I couldn't. Um, And uh, so God knew what it was going to take. And I mean, Jeff had been home for two years. And uh, but but since he was home, then I I was able to medicate even more. Um, And again, as things would happen with parole, he would be put back in jail and looked like he was going to have to go back to prison for something that he had, you know, been honest about and it didn't get communicated and it just was a mess. Um, I would go deeper each time. It was just so traumatic. And then you have police coming into your house whenever they want to. Um, I was always scared they were going to come and get him for no reason. Um, and so I was really heavily medicating. And, um, so one day I was at work at my job, um, you know, being a nurse, I was able to take things into my own hands and I take this all on myself. Um, so I was able to call in prescriptions for myself and, uh, and, and, and I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the addiction grew, the need for more medication grew. Um, God was still very gracious to me though, in that there were not ever any charges pressed, um, um, I mean, gosh, I could have gone to jail, Eric, and God in his grace, you know, did not allow that, but he knew that uh, taking it away, my nursing license would do it. And so uh, I got fired from my job where I had been for 12, 10, 11, 12 years, a very good job. 
um, and uh, it just was taken uh, taken away. And but but that's okay. The day I went into when they called me in, and they told me that um, I had been caught. I mean, I was so thankful. I was actually in a Jonah Bible study, and the day before, I knew something was going to happen. Um, I knew I, because it, it had said God disciplines those that He loves, and so the next day when they called me in, I knew, and I told them that. And I said, "Well, I can I can know that I'm a child of God because He disciplines those that He loves." Um, so anyway, looked into my own recovery. Then um, I, I got into some intense outpatient recovery. Um, I was able to stop the medication cold turkey, and that is a miracle. That does not happen. Um, and so then from that point on, I could get honest about my struggles. Um, Jeff was dealing with everything that he had to, and so we were both taking ownership for our issues. Uh, and that's when I got into CR and a step study because the nursing board required that if I wanted to try to get my license back. So here I thought, well, I'm going to check a box. I'm going to go through this 12 step program and just be done with it and turn my paper in. Mm -mm. And God, God used it to go so much deeper in my life, not just addiction. He went into healing, healing from healing my past hurts, healing my um, you know, able to to see my past through my family. God has since then restored. He's restored everything. See through Jeff staying with me in in my problem in my addiction and taking care of me when I was at my lowest. That that brought my family along a little more and and allowed them to see, hey, he's he's not he's not so bad after all. You know, my dad had already forgiven Jeff, but it, it gave my parents um, the reason to see, yeah, Jeff is different. He's not the same. Amy knows what she's talking about. And uh, so just the whole healing that came in there. And then then from that time forward, God could take Amy and Jeff as one with him and move us forward healing as we went. So that's what he did. So was there a discovery time for him for your addiction? What When was it that he found out that you were medicating again was that after he had gotten out did you still keep that after he got out you said you were medicating more did he know about it or i mean did you guys have a discussion i mean what, what how did that happen unfortunately he could just tell i mean he mm -hmm. just knew he just knew but did you ever say anything to her about it or not so sometimes it's best just to keep your mouth shut did i know yeah i mean i could call her from prison and her speech was slurred and you know i knew it was going on and I mean, at one point right before she quit, I got to where I was taking, she doesn't know this, that I would take medication out of her purse and I would flush it down the toilet when she would go into a, you know, more or less pass out. Then I, I would go downstairs and I'd get a lot of the medication and I'd flush it down the toilet. Well, what I didn't realize was that was making her write more prescriptions sooner. Right. So let me ask you, Amy, then, so was it when you got caught that you finally realized, you know, you said, hey, I've got a problem and I need to, I need some help. I mean, is that when that happened? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want, I wanted, I wanted to stop. I, I didn't, I, I knew it was getting out of control and, and, and it wasn't going to be good, but I couldn't stop. Um, it was through that first step study where I realized, okay, this is life changing because um, life goes on yes. and there will continue to be hard things. 
this is not the only hard thing. Um, but Jesus will be my answer. He he will be enough, and he will he will be he will be sufficient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, where what did you discover? In that process, did you discover any character defects about yourself that that you were that was causing you to to uh, was it low self esteem? Was it? Oh, I mean, what, what, you know? oh sure, it was. Um, it was perfectionism. It was uh, the people pleaser in me. It was um, seeking approval from others. Um, yeah. Fear of rejection is is a huge one. Um, yeah. Just basically not feeling like. I would be enough. And, you know, Eric, the other thing I did is I found my identity in my job. My identity was wrapped up in Amy, RN, oncology nurse, and, and being a nurse. And so my my identity, you know, I got, that's where I got my good feels from. And as far as, you know, my identity, God had to take that away too, because my that's not my identity. My identity is, is Jesus Christ and who he is, because it's not about Amy. It's about him. And he, he now lives in me. And what a gift he gave me through that by even revealing that where I was finding my identity. Any last words before we wrap up? This is uh, the first time we have shared our story publicly yeah. ever. <laughs> and thank you for doing that, by yes. the way. Yes, well, thank you for the opportunity because yeah. this is even, br- this is even bring, bringing more freedom and more healing um, to us to hopefully open up doors to minister to other people to let them know that you are not alone as alone as you feel right now in whatever it is you're going through but especially if you're in a marriage and there's been something like has happened to us um, the one thing that I would have just loved to have had would be uh, another woman to ask questions like what what do I do here? What is going to happen when this happens? And um, that kind of thing. And so we just want to be available and um, be there as a soundboard, be there as a prayer partner. Um, and, you know, God, had he, he gave us some opportunity here and there with a few other couples. And so we've been able to do that. It's so funny because in, in this new church we're in, in our life group, um, people have just been kind of sharing testimonies the last month and a half. And um, that, you know, we overcome by the, the blood of the lamb and the, the word of our testimony. And that just kept pricking my heart and like, honey, I think we need to share our testimony, uh, with, but, oh my gosh, we don't know these people. We don't know, you know, what if this, what if that, and letting some fear kind of hold us back. And then just out of the blue in our eyes, but not in God's eyes, this opportunity comes comes up and um, God is like, you know, this, this is what I want you all to do. And then just giving us the peace and the confidence in him to do it. Jeff and I putting God first in our own individual life and then in our marriage, because that three chord strand, it cannot easily be broken. Jeff and Amy, thanks so much for sharing the rest of your life change story with us. If you are listening today and you have really been moved by Jeff and Amy's story and you want to reach out to them, you can go to www.ifnothingchanges.net. Go to the top left-hand corner of the screen and message me. Make sure that you leave your email address and or your phone number and I will pass that on to them. Hey, if you feel that there is no hope for your marriage, maybe you feel that there are just too many hurts, too many lies, and too many obstacles to overcome. That's a lie. 
When the disciples asked Jesus how something could be done, Jesus said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Positive change and healing are possible. But if nothing changes, nothing changes. See you next time.